0: Live from Dubai, this is The Drive Home with Rebecca Ricketts.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Monday's Drive Home show with me, Rebecca Ricketts, live in Dubai. Joining me today with a very different type of show is the CEO of Motive Offshore Group, David Acton. He's going to be discussing education beyond the classroom and leadership. If you've got any questions, please call in or message the show to join in the discussion.
0: Live from Dubai, this is The Drive Home with Rebecca Ricketts on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: So hello and welcome to a very different Monday Drive Home show with me, Rebecca Rickett. Um, I'm back after two weeks off. I've had a very, very, very busy two weeks at work, which has unfortunately meant a very, very quiet couple of weeks for me on Teachers Talk Radio. However, I am here, and as I said, this is going to be a very different Monday drive home show with me. And I'm making a move away from my usual topics. I usually focus on reading, international education, teaching English, and focusing today on leadership and looking at what it means to develop as a professional. As somebody who very openly aspires to be a senior leader, I am really looking forward to opening up the discussion today with a successful leader of business and taking the conversation about leadership beyond the classroom setting. Anyway, more on that later. Um, We've just got three more days here in Dubai until the end of term. And there is absolutely no sign of any wind down until the bell goes at 1:20 on Thursday. As you know, obviously it's four o'clock in the UK. It's 8 p.m. here. I'm really feeling it this week, (laughs) so bear with me, please, as we go through today's show. So, yeah, 1:20 on Thursday. Not that I am in any way, shape, or form counting down the minutes, but since since starting my new role this September, I really feel like my feet have barely touched the ground. I'm definitely ready for the break. It's been really interesting coming into this last week of term and kind of reflecting on everything that has happened. Going back through my notes of every show, this show's been brilliant actually to be doing whilst I've started a new job because it's almost been like a diary of sorts, I guess, of things that have actually happened. And when I think that this is only like my 12th week in this school, it is crazy to see how much progress has been made across the whole school and the curriculum and I'll be touching on that a little bit more this afternoon. So anyway like I mentioned two weeks off the radio has meant two weeks being very very busy at work and lots and lots has been happening both in and outside of school since my last show with you. Um, today has been a wonderful day and um, today I led my first school trip in I genuinely can't remember how long. I cannot remember how long it is since I last had a school trip. I think it was actually as far back as September 2019, when I took some students to go see an Inspector Calls at the theater. So we're talking over two years ago. But today I had the most amazing experience with my year nine English group, who are also my form group. Um, I basically, for those of you who don't know, Dubai is currently hosting the Expo, the World Expo. It's called Expo 2020 because it should have taken place last year, but as with most things, we're a year behind. But it is an absolutely incredible place to take the students. We've got pavilions from every different country and we've got different themes. Um, and today we were focusing on sustainability. So we took them to Germany, their pavilion, which is all about what sustainability can look like in the future and how cities can become more eco-friendly and things that they can do. I mean, I'm talking about all the signs, but really the best thing about it for me is the fact that at the end you get to go on this amazing interactive journey and you go in a room that's dark with swings and it's just incredible. Uh, but the students really did come away and learn a lot. I really should put that out there. Um, we went to see Singapore, which Interestingly, one of my students' fathers I learned today had actually designed that particular pavilion and that's set like a rainforest. So that's absolutely beautiful. But it's just so amazing. I love taking students out of the classroom. And again, that's why I'm really excited about today's show, talking about education beyond the classroom as a core subject. I'm very, very conscious that students have no choice but to study English. And if you listen to my show a few weeks ago with Rebecca Barry, she said and made the really fundamental point, if my subject wasn't a core subject, how would I get students to study it? And that's really resonated with me over the last few weeks. So it's been amazing to see the students today outside of the classroom and they were an absolute delight. They were polite. They did everything that I asked of them. Um, So, yeah, more trips is what i'm basically getting at today i want to do more trips i want to go here there and everywhere now that we actually can um as i've been thinking about today's show and the things because honestly within two weeks so many things have happened um it's really again amazing to kind of reflect on what a long way we've come since september navigating and negotiating what we call now how obviously our new normal um In Dubai, the schools are regularly inspected by the KHDA. And again, just to give you a bit of context, that's our government school authority. um, And they basically come in just to make sure that we are COVID compliant, that we're still wearing our masks and that we are still observing some social distancing. We've still got to have a meter apart. Um, But having said that, we're back to full face-to-face learning. We've had clubs running all term, and now trips. And it really gives a sense of returning to what we've known before. We've really put quite a strong emphasis on my, at my school of returning those extracurricular activities. And whilst yeah, that has ramped up the pressure a little bit, it's also been amazing to have those interactions with students, again, outside of their usual learning environments. But, and I know that I'm speaking for a lot of international teachers, if not only just the colleagues of mine that I've been talking to the last couple of weeks, we are quite nervous. It is worrying, you know, we're just about to travel. My last show, my mum was listening. Um, and we spoke quite a lot about the fact that I was actually just booked my flights to travel home. And it is nerve wracking when you put so much time, effort, money, pin all your hopes. Um, And the rules are always changing and the goalposts are always changing. So next week, next Monday, my next show will be my last show in Dubai. I actually think I'm going to be doing a drive home show at the drive home time, which is super exciting being able to actually do a show at 4pm. So yeah, fingers crossed for that, but it'll be relatively drama-free and I will be back in the UK. I will also be receiving my Teachers Talk Radio mug, which I'm super excited about um, because this is my 11th show, I believe now. So I've hit my 10-show goal, which means I get to come back to Dubai with my Teachers Talk Radio merchandise, which will be heavily featured on all of my social media, as I'm sure you can imagine. But anyway, I digress. I want to go back to talking about trips and I'd like you to just please indulge me just one moment to allow myself the opportunity to tell you about the weekend I had last weekend. Um last weekend it was the trip of all trips. It was me and 20 students who have been working together since September on our extracurricular activity. Um and it was my school's first ever representation at the World Scholars' Cup. It was an amazing weekend. It was great to be with the kids. It was exhausting, not going to lie. It was brilliant to spend all that time with the students, but the best thing was really the silverware that they brought home. So for people that don't know, the World Scholars Cup is basically um, an international competition that bases itself in various cities around the world. And the World Scholars Cup, challenges young people with a really extensive curriculum. It really encourages lateral creative thinking but it also challenges them in the skills of debate, creative writing, quizzing, general knowledge, teamwork, collaboration. It's a really fun, really lively, really interactive weekend Um, and the students and I basically worked our well the students worked their socks off. I worked my socks off running around after them. Um but basically what we saw was the first day the students were debating up against other students, seasoned schools as well, where I did actually learn, I went in a little bit of a novice, that other schools actually put the World Scholars Cup into their curriculum and um, which I thought was very interesting because we run ours as an extracurricular. So the Friday, the students were there, they were debating, they were doing their creative writing and they had what's called the scholars challenge, which is a very intense quiz, multiple choice quiz that they do by themselves. And then the Saturday, they work together in their teams and they collaborate and they do something called the scholars bowl, which is another general knowledge quiz, but slightly more interesting in terms of the topic choices and again, encouraging that lateral thinking. And then we had a talent show, which was just incredible, to see the students really developing beyond their academics. And we had girls in year seven, one girl in particular stood up and she sang in front of a room of over a thousand people. I mean, these kids had not been in uh, what we would call a normal school environment since they were in year four. And there she was singing in front of thousand, yeah, I would say about 1200 people. I was so, so proud of her. Anyway, I'm digressing. But basically, we saw, not only did we see the kids have the most amazing weekend, we also saw some pretty impressive winners, Um, which, yeah, so I am just taking a moment because I am very, very proud. Um, But one of our teams won the overall creative writing for the whole of Dubai. Um, The girls were fantastic. It's a collaborative writing challenge, so they basically choose... Their title individually they work together they discuss their planning and they discuss that together and then they write individually in silence for 45 minutes then they can peer assess their work and then it gets submitted and one team of girls won it and I've never ever ever been more proud um, because it was all down to them and what they did within that team one of our students was they're number one in the whole of the competition. So yeah, I mean, I'm really uh, tooting the horn of my students, but thank you for allowing me the moment just to really share their success because they deserve it. They were absolutely incredible. We also found that in there were over a hundred teams entered, three students per team, over a thousand kids, loads of people there and we placed one of our teams placed 12th in the whole competition so we're now through to the next round the global round and the kids and i both have our fingers crossed that the global round will actually mean that we can travel um and go somewhere pretty exciting and in the meantime we're just going to keep prepping for debate so i've said it before and i've said it again if anybody has any ideas any tested methods for smashing a debate, please get in touch with me. You can either comment in the chat today or you can get in touch with me on Twitter and I would really appreciate the support and the input. Okay, so that's a lot of extracurricular. Honestly, see, two weeks, I've got so much to talk about. But alongside all of this, I am still focusing really heavily on developing our reading culture in the school. So, Those of you who've listened to this show before know that I've had a lot of guests on here to talk about reading, developing reading as part of the curriculum within English and beyond. Um, I am using the Open University Reading for Pleasure course at the moment, and I have been part of that since September. And as part of my course, I've had to come up with my own kind of subject area for my research and my development. And I finally decided that I'm going to focus on knowing my students as readers as my project. Um, You know what it's like in schools, we have so much quantitative data. I've got reading ages, I've got reading proficiencies, I've got year group ages, I've got data coming out of my ears. However, I know very, very little about my students as actual readers, their preferences, their likes, their dislikes, their confidences. And so this is what I've decided that I'm going to focus on. Um, So with the help of the wonderful Alice Visafuri, who was on this show a few weeks ago now, she sent me the draft, which you can access on her website actually, um, Reading for Pleasure and Progress. Um, she sent me the draft of her questions that she's put together when she's been doing her reading surveys as part of her school. So using some of hers and creating some of my own, I have now sent out a student voice survey. And it's actually brilliant to see the kind of responses and the picture that is being painted of the students in my school and where we are with reading. It's giving me lot to think about it's giving me an awful lot to process and as I have said before I am really learning I would say to be systematic in my approach um, and prioritize things I think for me that's been one of the biggest learning curves in this new job that I started in September Um, however I am still very impatient and I do want everything to be done now. And I just have to keep remembering that this is the beginning of the process. And Alice said so herself, Mary Rose Greve, who is the um, library at Hartland International School here in Dubai, she said something very similar. And so it's just about taking it one step at a time. So the next step, I've got obviously all this data to sift through and analyze is actually now getting staff on board um so after the winter break i'm going to be leading on some staff cpd focusing on literacy and reading development across the curriculum and i can't begin to tell you how excited i actually am for this um over the last week or so i've been hashing out and redrafting our literacy policy um in lots of discussions with our head teacher about what we're going to make that look like. And I think it's finally actually getting to a place that is going to work for our school. So over the winter break, in and amongst being in the UK, drinking all the mulled wine and eating all the mince pies, um, I am going to be planning our staff CPD, breaking it down into manageable strategies so that people can really get on board with our reading culture. So we're going to have this Staff CPD running over a few sessions throughout January. Um, I'm going to look at how um, how students, how teachers can use reading strategies to support their students. I'm then going to be looking at Oracy and vocabulary development acquisition. And then what we're going to do, which again, I'm really excited about, is having a whole day of explicit reading. We're going to have a whole day off timetable where students are going to go to their lessons and be it PE, GT, science, English, maths, history, whatever, it doesn't matter. They are going to be working on their reading skills. So. I've just started to put the bones of the day into plan. I've just started to think about the strategies, but teachers are then going to be able to see those strategies in action, see how they work, and then be able to embed them into their own curriculum planning. I'm really excited that from next term, this reading culture, this sense of reading is going to be more visible across the curriculum. That's something that's really, really important to me. And I think it's going to be really good to see literacy being used by all teachers across the curriculum. I'm a very, very firm believer that we are all teachers of literacy in schools, not just the English department. And so it's really important that we can embed those strategies. So again, another shout out in terms of help, really. So if anybody has the idea of a text, a text that can be broken into six chunks. I'm looking for a short story, basically, short fiction that can be broken and engage students in year seven, eight, and nine. Um, please get in touch with me because I've got the ideas for my lessons. I just need the text. So please, please, please get in touch with me either today through the, through the chat, call in, or please contact me on Twitter because that would be amazing. Anyway, that's a lot of chatting. So I'm going to move on to tonight's show. So I've talked to you about my usual, but we are moving very much into a different direction this evening. And I'm really interested in professional development. And as I said at the start of the show, I'm really interested in my own career path into leadership. So my guest tonight, Dave Acton, he is the CEO of Motive Offshore Group. Um, the company specializes in offshore renewable, renewable energy. So I don't really think I would get much further removed from the idea of teaching and being in the classroom. However, it's David himself and his views on leadership and his own career progression that is going to make for such an interesting discussion. Um, David has recently won CEO of the year for the second year running, so he definitely has the expertise, the drive, the ambition that we can all probably enjoy hearing some ideas and some tips from so i'm going to play the news my goodness me 20 minutes that's a long time with my own voice i'm going to play the news and then i will be back here with david in about three to four minutes
0: this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news with gail glenn
2: Children's Commissioner, Dame Rachel D'Souza, has warned the Prime Minister not to close schools in response to the Omicron variant, despite cases in the UK reaching 160. Speaking on the Andrew Marshall, she said, Lockdown was a terrible time for the whole nation. It's also why I think we must not close schools again. We must not. I would urge the Prime Minister not to close schools. The children want things back to normal. They took a huge hit for us. We must not close schools again. And my head teacher colleagues across the country are incredibly good at managing this situation. I watched them rush to support the most vulnerable. And I would definitely advise not to do this if there is any other option. 280,000 children were recorded absent from school on November 25th. 2.6% 2.6 percent of all pupils in England. Wrexham Council have supported young leaders in a project called Healthy Minds Haven which is designed to improve mental well-being in school communities. There will be an event on the 15th of December, to which senior leadership teams will be invited when they will learn how their school can become a healthy minds haven. Interim Clinical Service Manager from North Wales CAMS School Inreach Service, Sophie Gorst, will speak about why she is supporting the campaign aim to improve mental health support for young people in schools. This has been your daily education news briefing
1: hello and welcome back oh there we go i knew i was doing something there we go welcome back to monday's drive home show with me rebecca ricketts live from dubai where it's 8.23 here and it's 4.23 with you in the UK. So today I am joined by Dave Acton, CEO of the Motive Offshore Group. Um, Apologies if you can hear that lovely little bit of sound in the background. Um, Dave is joining me today to talk about leadership, developing as a professional and taking education beyond the classroom.
3: So Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm fine and thanks for inviting me on the show tonight. That is
1: absolutely my pleasure. I'm really interested in everything that you're going to have to say. Um, So, as I always do with every guest, can you please <laughs> kickstart by telling us all a little bit about your education and career route to date?
3: Okay, so um, my career route is probably not the most conventional one but I think I, I got through it in the end so... Um, I grew up in a small fishing village in the in the northeast of Scotland. You might be able to tell that from my accent. Um, when I was going through school, the majority of people in the local area and community they they all the majority of them are either fishermen or are farmers. Um, and as a, a as a young a young boy, young man, I saw the fishermen with lots of money and nice cars. And when I was in high school, that's uh, that's what inspired me, and that's what, what that was important to me. So. As soon as I finished my um, standard grades at um, left school that day, and, and the next day, it feels like I was on a, on a North, North Sea trawler. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, this was great for me, as you know, I was a 15-year-old boy. And I was making a lot of money. In fact, my, my, my father—he was a solicitor at the time—and I was making as much money as him. So it was—it uh, was quite a, quite a shock to my family. Um, and also, you know, my father would probably been in a more sort of professional career. So, and um, for me to sort of to leave school and go to be a fisherman with, with no sort of you know higher or even further education probably wasn't a uh, lot. Probably wasn't flavour with a month at a time. But um, so I did that for a few months anyway. And then at, at the end of August, I got my results in for my uh, standard grades, and um, they were basically all A's and, and had a couple of B's. So on one of the rare occasions, I actually listened to my parents um, and they persuaded me to go back to school and do my hires so um, I'm back to school in September, I do my higher, so I did uh, Maths, English, Geography and Physics So, um, I did that and then went away to college uh, I did a year, I did an HN, Higher National Certificate in Mechanical Engineering The following year I did a Higher National Diploma in Electrical Engineering um, I think when I, was a, when I was a fisherman, I got the taste for earning and making money, so um, probably to the displeasure of my parents at that time, I, I left further education instead of going on and continuing a degree, because priority f- for me at the time was um, to get a career and, and go and make some money. So um, I did that, I went and got a job, I worked offshore um, for well, I completed my apprenticeship to start with. I started that when I was at college with several, several days off on the weekends and it was also important for me to earn money. So uh, I completed my apprenticeship. Then I started working offshore. And I had a, a ten-year career working in the oil and gas industry offshore. And then 11 years ago, I, I started up my um, business, Motive Offshore Group. Um, sorry for the plug. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I've kind of never, never looked back from then. I've, I've grown the business, um, you know, over the last, you know, eleven years. We're now a thirty million turnover company. We employ just over two hundred staff, and we bases in um, the USA, United Kingdom, Norway, the UAE, and, and in ta- Taiwan. And probably more specific for tonight's topic for um, education beyond the classroom. Um, I felt, you know, the business had, had grown, employed enough people, and were international enough that the business had actually outgrown my level of education. So this year, um, I started doing um, an MBA. I think, you know, as I've, as, I've, as I've grown, matured, and my business has grown and matured as well, um, the importance of education has become uh, more prominent in my day-to-day life.
1: Okay, so that was quite a lot of information and I hope you don't mind but I am going to kind of like root back a little bit. Um, So that last part that you've just said that the business has grown and you feel that whole idea about needing to grow with the business, do you feel that for you you've kind of had the right kind of education path to get to where you are? How is it that you've become more reflective do you think now in terms of where you are with your business?
3: So I think, I think as the business has grown I can relate more to the sort of the strategies and the business plans that we put in place that are, that I would have gained something more if I had had some, you know, academic education. You know, the, the business has grown, you know, through hard work and determination. Um, and I feel it probably could have been, you know, we could have accelerated that process if there was, you know, some some academic education in there that give us, give us a bit more information on, you know, You know, the do's and don'ts of running a business, the importance of strategy, a bit of an understanding of economics and markets and, and the like.
1: For somebody in your position, how do you find the time? Because I'm thinking about myself and thinking about my colleagues and teachers. There is the opportunity to do Masters in Education. We have the MPQSL or the ML or the MPQH, but it's finding the time. So for somebody in your position who does have a very busy job, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who might be looking to also further their own education?
3: So I'm doing it, um, my MBA, I'm doing it open, open, open learning. Um, the particular course that I'm doing kind of lets me set it to my own pace. Um, but the you know the the, the, the way I've got to where I'm today it's just through you know hard work and determination and probably you know sacrificing various things for for my business and my career, so um, I'm not sure that works for everybody, but it it works for me, and the, the motivation for me to get my MBA done is I think it'll, you know, help me accelerate the future growth of the business.
1: Do you think that COVID times are actually helping you to do something like that? I'm just thinking about somebody like myself, like the opportunity to have more online type of learning, you said it's more open so you can set your own deadlines, do you think that could actually be something that we could see as a benefit rather than always focusing on the negatives?
3: Um, yeah, so COVID times for me is I've had quite a different experience um, than you know, most of the world. Our business has actually grown over the last two years, which you know, a, a business that originally was predominantly oil and gas related, and, and it's now a lot, you know, we're forty percent renewables now. Um, we haven't we haven't seen a slowdown in, in continued growth. But I think one of the things we have seen in the business is. Um, you know, hybrid working, a lot of working from home, a lot of teams calls. So I suppose when you look at that, you know, people's work-life balance. Um, if you're not having to drive, you know, an hour back and forth to work every day, or two hours, which which you know would be a, would be a pretty normal commute nowadays. Um, you could spend that time, you know, doing some doing some sort of further education.
1: I think one of those things it seems to have benefited businesses and people in that respect, I think for teachers, it's one of those things where we're actually a little bit like haven't quite had the same experience in terms of being able to work away from home. Um, Anyway, gonna move on because I've got loads of questions for you today. Um, So you mentioned the start of your career was literally the day that you finished school, you went straight into having a job. what are your benefits, do you think, sorry, what are the benefits, in your opinion, of um, learning beyond the classroom? Because for me, I'm a core subject. I'm very comfortable in a classroom, behind the desk, or in front of my whiteboard, or with my visualizer. Um, so it's always really good to get a different perspective on life outside the classroom.
3: So I think, you know, from a, from a, from, a, from my own experience, learning beyond the classroom, when I, when I was at school, um, you know, I probably wasn't engaged as I as I could have been. Um, and I quite often asked myself, you know, not just in, in secondary education, but also in you know some of the further education I did, you know, i found myself, you know, especially you know core subjects like English and maths, I'm asking myself, you know, why why am I why my why am I learning this? How is that going to benefit me in life? Um now if I had a life scenario that I could have related that to, I would have definitely had um, much more much more much more buy in um, yeah, I think that's probably, don't know if that, that answers No, definitely,
1: because for me, that's always something really important, I think, because you can look at things in quite a polarised manner, like being an English teacher, I'm an English teacher because I love my subject, and I think that always, you know, I try and make that come across, um, and I think sometimes it's really important to remember that students don't probably have the same passion for your subject as you do. Um, so I think it's always really good for us as teachers to be thinking about this in terms of these students who probably aren't as engaged and thinking about what we're doing but why we're doing it and trying to root it into real life expectations. Um so moving on from that, that was kind of like the benefits. But how then has learning beyond the classroom helped or inspired you um within your career? And again. I'm asking this question purely from the angle of the fact that as a core academic teacher, this is something that can really help other teachers who are in the classroom.
3: Yeah, so I think you know, when you're you're building a career, I think it's really important that you find something that you're good at and you enjoy and you give it your all. So, you know, you referenced yourself, you know, um, teaching English there and that is that is something that, you're, that you've are that you got a strong ability to, you're really passionate about, you know, it's something you know, that gets you up in the morning, you know, if, if you're relaying that passion to somebody in, in, in the classroom, but you know, English isn't the thing that gets them up in the morning, you know, you somehow need to find a way to relate that to something that, that interests them and it's not just English, it could be maths, you know, a science, you know, um, any, any of the subjects, so um, an, an interesting thing that the local high school that I, that I went to have done recently, they've actually taken their, their, their teachers out of the classroom and they've put them out into industry. Now, my business, we, we employ quite a lot of school leavers as, as apprentices, um, and we'd we'd four of their core subject teacher, teachers come into the business to actually try and relate how, um, if you're teaching English or maths, for example, how that actually relates to what these you know young guys and girls are actually doing and you know as they're starting out their, their working lives and um, with the hope that the teachers can then you know tailor that, that sort of in, you know industry experience to what they're teaching them in the classroom to make it relative.
1: That's a really really good idea I love that idea I think for me English is one of those things where you automatically assume that because it's always thematic so you know you're talking about relationships you're talking about diversity you're talking about, all these different themes and ideas, but to actually be taken out of the classroom and go into an environment. Because before I moved to the UAE, I worked in rural North Yorkshire, a very similar setting to kind of what you described where you grew up. And that idea of actually seeing where my students were more than likely going to go and do their apprenticeships, rather than going off to go and study English literature at A-level. I think that would have been something that was so beneficial. Um, is that something that you've been doing for a while? or Is that something that's been happening in your local community for a while, or is this a fairly new venture?
3: No, it's 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 quite a, it's quite a new initiative, and um, the school has got quite a good relationship with with the local businesses now to the extent where they want to try and you know tailor you know what they're teaching the children, especially you know there's there's, there's quite a drive on people should be educated on what they're actually, what they're really good at, um, you know, and if somebody's going to be an apprentice, you know, in, you know, we're essentially an engineering firm, um, you know, what, what, what part of, you know, English or maths or, or one of the sciences do that's actually need to concentrate on that's actually going to benefit them, you know, more when they go into to, you know, their working lives?
1: I think this is something that could actually be really beneficial. I'm just thinking, you know, I mentioned at the start of the show today, here in the UAE, we've got trips running again, we've got clubs running again, once work experiences. You know, that's always one level. I just feel like this is something that could take it to the next step. And I think I would certainly benefit as a practitioner if I could go out into industry in those kind of environments and be able to take that back into the classroom to support my students. Um, I think that's something I'm probably gonna advocate. I'll definitely be tweeting out about that one because I think that sounds like a brilliant idea and a brilliant initiative. Um, You mentioned earlier on that as you have progressed and your business has grown, you have felt the need that you have had to change some of your education and develop some of your education um but how has education become of greater value to you as you have progressed throughout your career
3: it's a good question um thanks so i think you know and it's probably not just not just relating to me you know you know i've grown a business that started from from, from scratch 11 years ago and one of the one of the one of the, the key things for the success of the business is is the business does not outgrow its employees you know the the, the development you know the learning and the developments of the of the staff the employees the managers um it's it it progresses at pace faster than the growth of the business so not only for myself but for the rest of the business as well we have a, a real focus now on making sure people you know are developed um as best we can, a lot of that does come down to some form of some form of you know education.
1: I think again, and this is why it's really interesting to have this conversation with somebody who is not based in the classroom. You know, we are constantly talking about our continued professional development. You know, the world of education is always changing. Um, I think for me, it's really easy for me to have quite um, an insular tunnel vision about you know what happens. In schools, because that's all I've ever known. Um, but it is the idea of having that continued professional development. Um, is it something that you advocate as part of your business in terms of all of your employees?
3: Yeah, absolutely. To the extent where we have a, a department that's dedicated just to learning and development. Um, you know. And, and, and I, I didn't want to bother before, but one of, the, one of the things about when, we, when the, the, the teachers have, have come out of the classroom um into, into industry or into, into, into my business. Um, I find that, that, that teachers generally have a real passion for what they do and when they get out of the classroom, I don't know if it's just a release or what, but that passion comes bursting out and the enthusiasm to get involved in what's happen, happening um, with, you know, the, the progression of their students, the development of their students as they move, they move on in their lives and develop their careers. Um, it's really encouraging. Um, what the, what, the, what the
1: teachers are taking away. Again, I just think that is such a good idea and I just feel like it's one of those gaps that I can't believe hasn't really been filled massively in other places. Anyway, before we carry on, I'm very mindful of the time and the fact that I haven't even played the adverts yet. So I'm going to go with the adverts and then I will be back with David in about a minute.
0: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppy's Phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well quickly using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit OxfordPrimary.com forward slash phonics.
1: Hello and welcome back to Monday's Drive Home Show with me, Rebecca Ricketts, coming to you live from Dubai, where I am joined by David Acton, who is the CEO of Motive Offshore Group. Um, as you can tell, David is definitely very Scottish, uh, but his business is now spanning through the UK, the UAE, Norway, Taiwan, and America, I want to say, am I right? Well done. Oh, that's good. good. Thank you. So I've got all of those listed down, and I haven't, that was from memory. Um, so it's really great to have David on today because I am focusing on a little bit of a different track from my usual and having a discussion about leadership and looking at education outside of the classroom. Um, I mentioned earlier on in the show that David has grown his business from scratch and is now recognized, and I'm sorry, because he gets really embarrassed, but I'm doing it anyway. Gets, he's acknowledged as CEO of the year for two years running. So. He's a very good person to have us talking about leadership, leadership qualities, and skills, especially when we're trying to think about outside the classroom. So, David, that's my spiel done. Thank you so much again for joining me this evening. Thank you. Um, so, we're going to move on now to talking about leadership a little bit more. Um, so, my question to you about leadership is: What do you think are the qualities of a good leader?
3: So, I think you know, and, and again, I'm. It's probably different for different people but when, when i'm when i'm talking about myself you know qualities i see that they make myself a good a good leader and they're quite simple they're sort it's of, kind of like sort of three fundamentals that 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 are, that are kind of like my bible if you like um so the first one is 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 being accountable you have to be accountable you have to do what you're saying what you're going to do think in in business and i'm sure it comes across in 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 teaching as well you know um you know, if, if a manager or a leader, you know, if they say they're going to do something, they're going to commit to something that doesn't happen, it just leads to frustration, and you know, it, it you know it undermines the relationship. Um, and the, the second one, moving on from that, is is um, building trust, trust within your team, and it needs to be it needs to be two way trust. Um, and I think one of one of one of the skills I saw, or the skill. Um, one of the things that somebody's do for that is, you know, to build trust with something, you need to give away a little bit of vulnerability. You know, if you give a lot, give away a little bit about something for yourself, you're going to get, you're know, generally, you're going to get something back. And the the third one is is actually it's it's really simple. And in fact, all of these all of these three are simple. And that's just 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 to listen. You know, if you want to be a good manager or a leader, um, it's it's very unlikely that you're going to be smarter than your accumulated team that you manage and lead so um it's really important that, that, that you listen and um, to what people are saying you then you know that the, the then the then there's then a little bit of skill obviously comes in involved there where you know if you get the accumulation of ideas you need to you know cherry pick the best of them and and pull them together and present them as as as, as the plan um and i think you know if, if you if you can be accountable build trust and listen you know that is as you model in you know good behavior and i you know i'm a firm believer in that, that you know people follow people's options more than more than than what people say. Um, and i think you know if, if you can if you can do that um and you know be the best you know be the best version of yourself you can be um and that sort of ensures also that you don't enable poor behaviors you know if you start you know simple things like if you're late for meetings or you cancel meetings last minute or you don't deliver on your promises you know that's poor behaviour and if somebody sees you as a, a leader or a manager doing that then they're going to think oh well you know if he can do it or she can do it then then so can i so and um, yeah model good, good behaviour is uh, definitely a key to being a good leader as well
1: um i'm just making all the notes as i'm listening to all of those things because there's quite a lot that i actually want to go back and unpick a little bit more um So a few years ago, I was doing my NPQSL in the UK, um, which is the qualification to support you getting into senior leadership. Um, And one of the things that I really took away from that was not better, not worse, just different. And that's something that I've really tried to apply to loads of different facets of my life. You know, people approach things and it's not a better approach, it's not a worse approach, it's just a different one. However, what you've just said, those ideas of being accountable, building trust and listening, they've really resonated with me and I think they will resonate with a lot of the people that are listening. And this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to change tack today and get somebody who's not in the teacher bubble. I find myself often speaking about our profession as if it's the only job in the world and I can catch myself when I'm on the show doing it and having teacher guests on here, I can hear us talking. But that idea of what you said, people following people's actions rather than what they say, that idea of the amount of dissatisfaction that I think people can feel in the leadership that they follow, whether that's their middle leadership, that's their direct line manager, whether that's senior leadership, I wonder, and this isn't really a question for you, but it's more just amusing, whether this is one of the issues that we've got with education as a whole, and on the general, the things you were saying there, I could really resonate with. There were circumstances and situations that I heard you say about following through on promises, um, not making promises that you can't keep, that have definitely dented trust in my leaders that I've had. So just to reiterate, the three key areas there, being accountable, building trust, and listening, and the idea of modeling good behavior, they are your key elements to being a good leader.
3: Yep, and um, yeah, I try my best to portray them, you know, throughout, throughout, you know, Everybody has a, Everybody has a loose moment now and again, but you know generally, you know that that is that is what I live by. You know, from time to time, yeah, you have to make a difficult decision or a hard decision. You know, that might be you know good or bad to certain you know individuals, but um, I think you know to be a good leader, if you if you, if you can abide by those, you know, three or four items, then then you're going to get well respected and you're going to pro- progress in your chosen career.
1: Have you learned that? Do you think through personal experience of yourself being a leader, or do you think you've learned that
3: through poor
1: or good leadership examples that you've encountered throughout your career?
3: So, probably neither, actually, to be honest. So, you know, I'm, I, you know, we talked about learning and development, you know, and, and I'm quite an advocate of that, um, but also for myself. You know, so over the, over the, over the years, you know, and, I, and I've mentioned that a few times, to ensure that the business doesn't grow faster than its people. And that that's, you know, even from the CEO, that's, that's relative. So, you know, I've done various, you know, mentoring and coaching sessions. And, um, you know, I've also read several books on, on, the, on the subject, you know. And again, it's just, it's, it's, it allows me to, to build up my information database, you know. I, I create all the stuff, you know you know, mentoring and coaching, you get all sorts of stuff bombarded that, you know, you can get it can be information overload. I think, you know, the, the the skill as a leader has been able to sift through that and taken taken away the, the important ones or the key ones that you can you know you know you can you know bring into your into your career and, and benefit you.
1: Um I'm not gonna put you on the spot immediately unless you can answer this. Uh, but you did just say that you've read quite a lot of books about leadership. So if you could have a think as we are talking I'm gonna come back to that at the end. If you can give any recommendations about leadership and working with different types of people, that would be very much appreciated. But you don't have to do that right now unless you absolutely can.
3: Um so I can't. Oh <laughs> sorry, I like, I'm just I like, straight I like, moving I like on. The, I like the pressure. So Okay. So, um I forget the author, but the, the first one I ever read was a book called um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um now, I'm not sure how you would... Yeah, no, you're, 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 you, can, you can relate that to any team. It doesn't need to be, you know, a, a team in a business like mine. It could be, you know, a, a, a team in a, in, a, in a school as well. Um, and when you read it, you know, all of a sudden you can relate to, you know, you know that person that's sitting in a meeting that they've got their laptop open and they're typing when they should be listening. And, you know, somebody will call them out, you know, what are you typing about? And it'll be, oh, I'm taking notes. For sure they're not taking notes you know every, every meeting's got one of them in them you know and there's a few there's a few things like that that that, that, that you'll pick up on and you'll instantly relate to people that, that are in your professional life um and i'm other, nodding
1: by the way because i can t- i can see those people right now
3: the, the, other, the other book i've read recently is a book called the principles by uh, ray dalio um which again it's it's somebody you know discussing their career and their lives the decisions they've had to make and why they had to make them and again it's another book where you know maybe not everything but for sure some of the things that happen in this guy's in this guy's life um, you can relate to um, and i kind of just reiterate what i said before it's all right you know reading all these books and, and taking in all this information but you know it's it's up it's up to you as individuals to be able to sift through that and determine which 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 points or facts are are relevant, relevant to you or what you might want to bring into your professional life that's going to make things better because you know in reality everybody's just a little bit different and different things work for different people
1: okay so that's five different dysfun- dysfunction of a team that's the one that stuck out because it's that example of the laptop person i can see if i can absolutely I hope f- that is that book <laughs> well if, if it uh, isn't you've uh, still got time we've still got a little bit of time so you can uh, you can double check and then the principles um so next question you've given us the qualities of what makes a good leader and again i am nodding away writing all the notes um but it's the advice that you would give to people such as myself who want to climb the career ladder um and get themselves into further leadership roles what would you suggest
3: um I mean, again, you know, if, if if I go back on if I go back on the sort of the, the qualities that I refer to that I feel make a good leader, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking I'm looking for them not not, not in my my senior or my executive you know leadership team, but the whole team around me. If I if I see people being accountable, if I see people building trust, and you know, building trust sometimes putting your hand up and you know, having that that, that awkward conversation, or 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 you know calling somebody out for not doing something, you know, even if even if even if it's a superior, you know, if somebody says that they are gonna do something, you know, I touched on that thing right like to start of the interview, it's you know, we need to, you know, do what we say we're gonna do. Um, and then, you know, that is generally the people that are going to, you know, progress their progress their career. Um I suppose for me, you know, if if, if, if I'm saying, you know, this is this is my take on what a model leader should be, you know, if I see, you know, one of the you know, one of the subordinates in the business. You know, um, more than similar behaviours to what I see is important. Then, you know, for me, I'm going to recognise that, and you know, they're going to get recognition for that.
1: I think one of those things when you're in the job, even though you know that you want to make that progression, you get so bogged down sometimes in the day to day. Like at the start of the show, I was just given a bit of a recap of everything that's happened in the last two weeks, and the reasons why I've not been able to be on the show is because I've been so busy at work, and it's so challenging, and I'm really sorry if you can hear that noise in the background. I don't know why somebody would think that drilling at nearly 9 p.m. Dubai time is the way to go, but there we go. Um, But it's that idea about actually being able to make yourself stand out, and being able to think about, you know, what you can do to put yourself out there, I'm gonna be really personal now. One of my biggest fears about being ahead of English is when I wasn't ahead of English and I was in an English department and I've been ahead of English, I keep seeing people get promoted around me. People who may be better than me, different to me, but getting the kind of roles that I think I could do that job and I want that job. How, would you advise somebody, this is quite specific, how would you advise somebody who is obviously comfortable in their position but actually wants to make the next leap up to kind of put themselves out there a little bit more?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that I would say if you see people getting promoted ahead of you and you don't, you you maybe have an expectation that maybe you should have got the job over them is you know there's there's probably a few sides to that story and you probably don't know the information and um, so you know i think you need to need to rather than beat yourself up about it you probably need to consider that you potentially don't know all the facts um but for putting yourself out there to make sure you get promoted you know you know again it, it kind of falls back to you know the, the fun fundamentals um that i was talking about and that is you know being accountable if you're do, if you're if you're being if you're if you're being the best person yourself if you're doing what you say you're going to do if you're if you're delivering you know and, and one thing and probably a lot of people don't like this you know people people that go the extra mile they generally get noticed Um, you know it's, it's quite hard for me to relate to what i do because people you know generally if they work an hour you get paid an hour understand that you know that you know the teaching profession is 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 a lot different than that and you know, you generally all have to go the extra mile anyway, and, and you know, you spend a lot of time out with, you know, your your working day, you know, preparing for the next day and and, and marking and the like. So, um, probably waffling on there, actually not actually answering your question. So, advice for advice for for getting promoted, you know, you, you just need to, you know, get up in the morning and and. Do the best, the best you can do. You know, if, if you if you're competent and you're delivering, you know, you 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 will get noticed. The other thing is, you need to be a bit ballsy and put yourself out there. You know, you need you know, it's all right just being you know the best English teacher, the best math teacher, but unless your line manager knows that you're hungry for you know growth and development, then you know it's likely that somebody who might be slightly inferior to you, or less experienced, but they're continually asking and pushing for promotion you know that's i would imagine be a scenario where, you, where somebody may get promoted ahead of you
1: okay so what if you are putting yourself out there and your line manager and you're having those conversations your line manager does know i mean we're getting quite technical now um what kind of advice would you give to somebody i'm just throwing it out there as i'm listening to you you know i'm thinking about people that i know who have been frustrated in situations where you know, they have put it out there to people that they are looking for promotion um, and it's not, does that go back to the whole idea of maybe building trust on both sides and you having to trust in your manager as much as the manager's having to trust
3: in you? Yeah, so I think you know you probably answered your own question there but so <laughs> like, build, build, building, building trust is one thing but from, from building trust you know, there's relationship building comes off the back of that um, and I think you know it's like right getting, getting, getting noticed because you're, you know, you're getting recognition because you're doing a great job or you're getting noticed because you're, you're the one that's shouting the loudest for what we're wanting a promotion. But you know, it is, there is probably, you know, a relationship aspect that needs to be incorporated as well. And, um, you know, you're, re- you're really pushing me here for some, for some like amazing insight. <laughs> but, um, you know, there is, there is, there is a point where, you know, something sometimes these things just happen and there's not not an awful lot you can do about it unfortunately
1: no nope, i'm not pushing you for insight i'm just very very interested in looking at it from um a leader's perspective and really thinking about that managerial kind of route um, thinking about you as a leader and the fact that you say that you are always looking to kind of grow and develop what kind of leader would you describe yourself as and what kind of leader do you aspire to be
3: yeah so i actually i thought you were going to ask me if i aspire to be any sort of any any leader um and you know in my early career when i first when i I first started the business you know it was all kind of a little bit of fun and everybody everybody kind of mucked in to do whatever i wanted to do but then the business grew and it got more serious and we had to get more you know regimented in policies and procedures and, and departments and you know rather than you know everybody doing a bit everything that had to be a lot more structured and um, then I started to look at you know other you know influential leaders or CEOs and I, I, I was trying to I was trying to find them who, who I aspire to be and you know probably through you know my own personal learning development some coaching some reading I kind of came to the conclusion that there isn't a leader or another CEO out there that I aspire to be. What I aspire to be is the best CEO that I can be to be the best version of myself. Um, and, you know, I don't want to live off the back of somebody else's legacy. You know, I want to, you know, in years to come, you know, I'd like people to look look over my business and, you know, it will be, you know, David Aptons' legacy that they're looking for, as opposed to anybody else's.
1: I think that's really wonderful because... As teachers, and this is something that I brought up quite a lot, or people have brought up when they've been on the show, you can't help but be reflective. You know, you stand up every day. I always think you stand up at 7.40 and you start your first lesson, because obviously we start super early here. Yes, I did say 7.40, I didn't trip over my words. That is the start of lesson one. Um, And you do your lesson one, you do your lesson two, you do your lesson three, and you think about what worked, what didn't work. And it is that idea of being reflective. And I am focusing quite a lot on going up the ladder, but leadership, and they say this to you in schools quite a lot as well, you know, leadership is also what's happening in your classroom when you're leading that on the day-to-day. And I think what's really wonderful is actually hearing somebody be so reflective and thinking about being the best version of yourself. Um, One of the things that my colleagues and I have said before is um, trying to reframe are thinking you know you can focus on the one bad lesson the one negative interaction the one difficult student that you've had during the day because it's constant and that's the thing because it feels so personal um as somebody who you know has to suffer the wins the losses all the times how is that something that you can deal with in your professional capacity
3: It's a good question. So, um, yeah, I've, I've probably come to terms with the fact that, you know, as long as overall the business is moving forward and it's growing and we we'll continue to make money and we we'll continue to be profitable, we we'll are continue to employ people, we'll continue to invest, develop people, um, then I always take that away as a positive. There is going to be you know, on that path there's gonna be, you know, you're gonna take three steps forward and it's from time to time you'll maybe have to take a step back or you'll have a, a have a bad day. But I always try and keep an overall an overall view. Um, you know, as long as things are moving forward in the right direction, then you know, you're gonna be faced with some negatives from time to time. Um but it's the it's the it's the bigger picture, the direction of travel that um, keeps you going.
1: Um I'm literally writing that down, as you say, the bigger picture and the direction of travel. Um, that's so important, I think, for us all to remember. Um, so recently, obviously, in my new job, my biggest my biggest shift of change in culture when I started um, was thinking about readdressing the assessment, assessment system because in our school, as I've mentioned before, we've gone from year six, into year seven they've grown from year seven into year eight and now the year eights have grown into year nine and when i first took over and i looked at the assessments i was like wow this is a really lovely creative writing task but it bears no resemblance on anything that the students are going to need to do for their gcse so i rewrote the assessments and the assessment schemes and the marking and got everything cleared by rsld and then it was put into practice and not so much of a shock to me, Um, dear listener, the students have not done as well as they did when they were having to write a blog or a diary entry, when they're actually having to write an analytical essay and they're using skills that they're not really as comfortable or confident with, we have seen quite a drop in terms of our first assessment results. Um, But for me, I'm looking at the bigger picture and I really appreciate what you've just said there looking at that bigger picture and direction of travel because obviously now I'm having the conversations with parents I've got parents evening on Wednesday and it's the idea now of thinking okay this is the bigger picture this is where I know that the students need to be and I suppose it's having kind of trust I'm sorry Dave because I'm totally going off on a tangent here but it's having that trust I guess in the bigger picture and actually believing in knowing that what I'm doing is the right thing for the students and for the school. Um, And I think that's a really nice piece of advice that we can all kind of take away, especially as we are kind of dragging ourselves to the end of this term. You know, we always say the winter term, term one is the longest, it's the hardest slog. but I think that's something that we really need to focus in on, look at the bigger picture and think of that direction of travel. Anyway, I'm just gonna pause for a moment. I am going to play the news and then I will be back for the last part of my interview with David Acton, CEO of Motive Offshore Group, to continue talking about leadership, what it looks like, and how we can all aspire to be the best kind of leaders in whatever context or setting.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
2: The Children's Commissioner, Dame Rachel D'Souza, has warned the Prime Minister not to close schools in response to the Omicron variant, despite cases in the UK reaching 160. Speaking on the Andrew Marshall, show, she said lockdown was a terrible time for the whole nation. It's also why I think we must not close schools again. We must not. Oh, I would urge the Prime Minister not to close schools. The children want things back to normal. They took a huge hit for us. We must not close schools again. And my head teacher colleagues across the country are incredibly rush to support the most vulnerable and i would definitely advise not to do this if there is any other option Two hundred and eighty thousand children were recorded absent from school on november the 25th 2.6 percent of all pupils in england wrexham council have supported young leaders in a project called Healthy Minds Haven, which is designed to improve mental well-being in school communities. There will be an event on the 15th of December to which senior leadership teams will be invited, when they will learn how their school can become a healthy minds haven. Interim Clinical Service Manager from North Wales CAMS School Inreach Service, Sophie Burst. speak about why she is supporting the campaign aim to improve mental health support for young people in schools. This has been your daily education news briefing.
1: Hello and welcome back to the last part of today's Drive Home Show with me, Rebecca Ricketts, coming from you live, coming to you, sorry, live from Dubai uh, with my guest, David Acton, CEO of Motive Offshore Group. Um, So today's show has been all about leadership and developing as a leader and thinking about what strong leadership actually looks like. I've taken a complete turn away from my usual type of show to really think about what leadership actually looks like in the classroom and actually beyond because those skills are so transferable and it's really interesting to speak to somebody who has got such a broad and varied leadership experience. So David, thank you again so much for joining me this evening. Um, I'm going to Start by asking you a little bit of a personal question and going back to your days at school. Um, so, which teacher left a lasting memory for you, and why was that?
3: Um, there, there probably, there probably is one. Is, I don't know if it's a lasting memory, but there's there's one teacher I was I was come back to, and and it's it's quite amazing that she she stuck stuck with me thirty seven years later. Um, she remains now. So that was my primary one teacher. Um, Sorry, just so people are aware, what's
1: primary one? How old were you? Thirty-seven years ago.
3: I was five. <laughs> five, four into five, yeah. So um, my my so essentially my first my first teacher when I went to school, um, Mrs. Ewan or Jenny Ewan. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she somehow finds out about this and listens to it. So I better give her a proper name. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. So, like I said, 37 years on, she still follows me on social media and especially on LinkedIn. And um, what, always, what always amuses me is if, if, if I'm posting something that I've done in my career or my business has done something, she still puts a comment on and takes full credit for what she taught me 37 years ago. Oh, stop. Which, so when,
1: which, she, <laughs> when you were five? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's when it all started. Um,
3: but, I mean, the, the, the thing, you know, she still she still lives in the same in same town in north east of Scotland, that's where I'm from. Um and I, I still see her, you know, I see her at the golf club or, or various social events and she's 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 still she's in her seventies now, so she's you know, she's she's well retired. Um and, you know, the bit that kinda, you know, tugs at my heartstrings a little bit is every time I see her, she refers to something that she's seen me or or She's, she's seen that I've done on social media or, or whatever and she tells me how proud she is of me and that was, uh, it always makes me like really embarrassed but it's actually quite an emotional moment and um, yeah, so that was uh, Mrs Ewan 37 years later.
1: I just think that's wonderful. I'm actually like beaming at that because I think that really kind of, for me anyway and I'm sure so many other people who are listening that kind of sums up why we do what we do you know like the fact that you were five years old and that teacher still cares so much I know who my teacher was and I've just seen that my mum is listening thanks mum (laughs) my mum's listening and my mum will know exactly the teacher that I'm talking about right now Um, when I was five years old and my memories of her are exactly the same Um, and my mum will quite happily tell you the stories of when her husband used to come shuffling into Parents Evening because she was like an hour and a half, two hours late. It's just still still too busy, waxing lyrical and saying all the wonderful things about her four and five year olds in the class. But honestly, what you've just said there, just I think, and again, I think it's so nice for people to hear that kind of comment about you know, tugging at your heartstrings because We are dragging ourselves to the end of term. And I think it's so wonderful to remember, you know, no matter how old we are, where we end up in life, we might be that teacher, or we definitely have that teacher that brings back those kind of memories and those feelings. And I think it's really kind of wonderful just to kind of hold on to that as we drag ourselves (laughs) into the last few days. I do believe the UK's got another week on us because that's why I'm not flying home until next week so that I can actually be with my teacher friends the day that they break up from school um, and do the traditional night out which I'm really excited about and again I'm massively digressing but I've had to cancel and rechange and rebook my flights due to this whole two-day PCR quarantine situation so that I can be out for the last day of term with my friends, but it'll be two and a half years since I was last out with them, the people that I worked with, so I am super, super excited. Anyway, I apologize because that is a massive digression, but it was also because I saw my mum and I get really excited knowing that I'm gonna do one of these shows actually at four o'clock in the UK from my mum's study. I hope her and my stepdad, and if he's listening, I hope they're both ready to be silent for an hour and a half. Anyway, back to tonight and David because we are coming to the end of our interview and our questions um before I kind of get you to recap on some of your key points and things that you have said um what would you say to your younger self the David that walked out of school at 16 and decided he was never going to look back what would you say
3: I mean I think the direction that, that my life and my career has taken, you know, um, I probably wouldn't say I've got so uh, I think, you know, advice to my younger self or, you know, any any sort of young person, you know, it's, and this, this is relating to me, you know, I'm not sure when you're at school, um, you know, going through your education, if you I would think there's only a few people that have got their minds set on a certain career when they're going through their high school, um, but you know where I've where I've got to today, you know stuff I've done with you know mechanical engineering, electrical engineering when I at further education. It was stuff, it was stuff that interested me and the stuff I was pretty good with. I was kind of I was I was good with my hands and I was I was fortunate. I was quite good with my brain as well. So um, I think. You know, you need you need to find what, what you're good at, and you know if you're good at it and you enjoy it, you know focus on it, and I think you know your 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 life's going to evolve from there. Um, one one thing that you touched on earlier was that that you you felt your your kids were better at writing blogs than they were at writing analytical essays. A hundred percent, that's because they write writing like blogs and not writing analytical essays. <laughs> so you know it just reiterates my point. You know, find find things you're good at. You know, um you know and you're enjoying them and, and focus on it and you know life 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 in your career all evolve from there
1: um i am going to say there is always time for them to be writing blogs but they also do need to write the odd analytical essay not that i advocate teaching to the exam just putting that out there to everybody that is listening um but it is definitely a skill that they are going to need um we're coming very rapidly to the end of our interview um, i feel like you have given lots and lots and lots for us to think about and to kind of just recap and summarize over um, so today we've kind of gone about thinking about learning beyond the classroom and thinking about how that has helped and inspired you um, thinking about how you manage to make the time and this is something again for teachers who are listening making the time between you know balancing developing yourself as a professional and actually thinking about your career as it's going day to day and making sure that you know if those are things that are interesting you I'm right in thinking that it's not just about making sure that they interest you but actually kind of carving out the time and forging the time no matter how busy your day-to-day life gets
3: yeah
1: sorry David was nodding
3: yeah by the way. Oh, I forgot I across on the radio there every day. Just, just nodding, but I think you know, you know, a, 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 a valid point there that you made was around, you know, developing your career and developing yourself. You know, the two of them need to go. The two of them need to go hand in hand. And you know, there's a lot of, you know, the position I'm in. You know, the the, the position that you probably majority of the listeners as, as, as teachers are in, you know, you're you're working in quite a high stress environment, you're doing, you know, you're working a lot of hours in the week. Um but you need to make sure that you take time, you know, for yourself, you know, in your personal development. You know, we've got quite a big focus on in the businesses now, you know, it's health health and well being as well. You know, you need to take some time out, you know, um, you know, for yourself. Now that, you know, that, that might be to develop yourself as a person as well, but there's sometimes and and you know and I and and am sure you know I can relate to my position and, and teachers as well. It's really difficult to switch off. Um, you know, there's always there's always something to do. You're you you probably never fully switch off. You're thinking about you know what tomorrow's lessons are going to hold or you know or you know you know extracurricular activities. You know these kind of things that you that, that get thrown at you as well. So. Um, it's really important to make sure that you that you take the time out to make time for yourself
1: and um, I'm absolutely gonna touch upon that really quickly with you because that idea of health and well-being that was um, a topic and I was thinking about this topic today actually because it's something that I spoke a lot about during the summer holidays and it's amazing isn't it and I was like I'm gonna have all of these new year's resolutions and I'm gonna make sure I really take care of myself whilst I'm teaching um, and we say it every year and um, but health and well-being. What kind of things do you do? Like you say, you're in a high-pressure environment. Teachers are in a high-pressure environment. What do you do to take time out for yourself to make sure that your well-being is obviously accounted for?
3: So, you know, it does. It takes. It takes a lot of discipline. It took me a lot of years, um, and I'm still not. I've still not mastered it. Um, but I'm trying. Um, you know. Our business has grown pretty aggressively over over the years, and you know, for for you know, a large portion of that time, you know, the business was my life, um, you know, and and as I've kind of got, got into it more, it that was all I did, you know, I I, I did I did nothing else, and any time I wasn't working, I was tired and I was sleeping, you know, or I was grumpy because something wasn't going to plan, you know, and another another you know. Apologies, but I kind of I'm a bit disciplined and I live my life life by some rules, and I quite believe in you know you need to eat well, sleep well, exercise well. they sort of this sort of the like the key fundamentals of life, you know. And if you're in a high pressure situation, and you're really busy, you find you know you don't eat very well, or you eat at random times, or you eat poorly, um, and you know you take pressures home with you at night. You know I used to be you know when I, in in the UK. Sunday nights I used to never be able to sleep because I'm thinking what's what's going to happen you know um, through the week and because you're not eating well you're not sleeping well you become not very healthy so it's really important to you know take some exercise you know even if it's just going out for a walk you know get some fresh air clear your mind so yeah um I kind of you know try and try and try and live by another three rules eat well sleep well exercise well.
1: The list of three the English teacher's dream over here. Um, I think what you've just said there about as well, the business being your life and not being able to switch off. Um, Two weeks ago, when I had my interview with Connie Maitland, um, the head of English in New Mexico, in Mexico, sorry, Mexico City, um, she said that job teaching, sorry, is a job, not a lifestyle. And I think that that's something that's really, again, important for us to remember, I'm going to hold my hands up thinking about this. And I said, I was going to talk about this in previous shows and future shows. Um, I've definitely fallen down the rabbit hole this term of teaching being a lifestyle. Um, it's definitely consumed more of my time than I had wanted it to had planned for it to. Um, and I think that that quite honestly, is not going to change so much when I get back because we have got our first, it's called a BSO inspection of British Sea C- British schools overseas inspection I have to remember all these acronyms over here. Um, and that is scheduled for the last week of the first term back. Now we go back to school in Dubai on the second of January. And um, I'm hoping i don't still have a party headache if anybody from school is listening i promise i will be absolutely raring to go um however that last week of the first half term we are going to have our bso inspection um which is a fairly big deal especially being core subject I hate to always bring that one up um but thinking about the fact that it's not just a lifestyle so those ideas again those three rules of eating well sleeping well exercising well um again i will try and embed i think that is something again that we need to really think about in terms of our own well-being and managing our own burnout and making sure that we are taking care of ourselves and looking after ourselves rather than this constant what feels like limping to the school holidays um Anyway, we are coming close to the end. I need to play the advert again, and then I'm gonna come back with David just to wrap up a few things that he has said, and then that will be your Monday drive home show. So I will be back with you after this.
0: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programs to help you? Read Write Inc. Phonics, Floppy's Phonics, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics.
1: Okay, and welcome back to the last few minutes of Monday's Drive Home Show with me, Rebecca, in Dubai. And today I am with David Acton, CEO of Motive Offshore Group. I feel like I've repeated that quite a lot, but you know, it's nice to go back to it. Thank
3: you, <laughs>
1: oh Oh, okay yeah motive offshore group if anybody wants to um don't look for it on twitter it's not very twittery but linkedin definitely and their website i would definitely have a look for um and also i'm really going to go for it then so if you google david acton you will see ceo of the year times two um so definitely been worth listening to in terms of leadership advice outside of the classroom Um, So David, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really do appreciate you coming on and trying to spread your expertise into life beyond the office or life beyond offshore life, I suppose I could say, and thinking about into the classroom. Um, I'd just like to go back to what you said about the qualities of a good leader, uh, being accountable, building trust and listening. Um, and that idea of how as a leader that's what you look for from your team but also as a leader how you try to model that kind of good behavior is there anything you would like to add (laughs) i'm sorry everybody i'm gonna just this is the first face to face interview i've done to be honest and i've tried i really struggled to actually look at david while we have been having this conversation i was actually looking then to kind of prompt him to speak and he stopped so (laughs) is there anything out you would like to add because i just think those three key areas are something that are definitely transferable when we're thinking about teaching
3: yeah i mean when you're you're talking about teaching out you know education outside the classroom but i think also for the you know the, the 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 development of of you know teachers as a as a profession you know i think there's definitely a crossover between you know people that work in, you know, academic institutions versus people that work in, you know, industrial, you know, you know businesses. When you're talking about being a good leader and, you know, what's required to build a team, you know, I think, you know, essentially you're the same, whether, you know, whether, you know, we're sitting in a board meeting, you know, or you're sitting at, you know, a SLT meeting at school, you know, it's the same, you know, it's the same fundamental traits we're looking for, you know, you want people to be to be open and honest you want people to be committed um you know you want people to be you know putting themselves forward committing to deadlines delivering you know although you know in a in a, in a school you don't have the you know there's not the you know the financial aspects probably slightly different albeit you know in in, in the uae here um you know schools are obviously a commercial business in, in, in the uk are slightly different but there's still everybody still has a job to get done you know, within a timeline, you know, arguably the timeline for, for, for schools and education, you know, are probably more stringent than they are, you know, in, in, industry, industry ones can slip, you know, your kids, you know, when they need to be, when they, when they need to be educated, the curriculum needs to be completed, they need to be, you know, learn what they need to learn by a certain deadline to so set their exams, etc. you know, so, um, you know, the, the delivering is, is definitely, you know, transferable between, you know, the two fields, you know, building trust, I'm a massive advocate in that. Um, you know, if he if you can't, you know, our, our number one core value in our business is a, is a is our people, and um, you need to build this, you know, the strongest possible team around you, you need to employ, employ the best people, you know, and the best people are gonna, you know, do the best things. Um, and then obviously finally, you know, listen, you know, everybody hears. listened if you like. To me and Rebecca, rub it on for the last, you know, hour and a bit. So, you know, thank you very much for that. And um, hopefully, you've, you've, you know, through your listening, you've taken, you've taken something away from it. learned something, you know, something you can, you can, you can take into your uh, your day to day jobs and 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 you know, potentially improve the quality of your work. You know, improve yourself as a person, um, or you know, pass this information on to somebody else that might, you know, get a positive takeaway from it as well.
1: Well, David, thank you so much for joining me tonight. i really, really appreciated all of your insights. And I think, like you say, it's just really, really nice to sometimes just kind of take a step back, reflect, think about the kind of direction that you're going in. And again, the idea of always looking at the bigger picture, remembering what you're doing, what you're doing it for, why you're doing it, and who you're doing it for. and. You know, I feel very fortunate the last few weeks, seeing my students outside of the classroom and seeing them in these contexts, the World Scholars Cup, seeing them at the Dubai Expo today, seeing them have these opportunities that I think, really I took for granted before COVID and seeing them now in these situations just, desperate to be out desperate to be exploring it's been a really really rewarding few weeks so we are coming towards the end of today's show so once again David thank you so much for joining me um, I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to me and obviously speaking about something that's quite out of your comfort zone leadership not so much but putting it in the education context very much so um, so thank you very much for that Next week will be my last show from Dubai, which I'm really excited about. And then, fingers crossed, I will be travelling back to the UK. And my final show for the year will actually be on UK time with my Teachers Talk Radio mug in hand, which I'm really, really excited about receiving. Um, Love a bit of merchandise. Love the fact that I'm finally at the position where I'm going to be a Teachers Talk Radio mug recipient now that i've done enough shows see no i am i'm really excited about it genuinely um i can't wait there's going to be all the selfies going on over my twitter um so that is it for monday's drive home show i will be in touch during the week about what is coming up next week um and i look forward to joining with you for my last dubai show for 2021 and then my next one will be in the UK next week. So thank you so much for tuning in or if you have downloaded the show. And thank you once again to David Acton, CEO of Motive Oshore Group, for stepping outside of his comfort zone to talk about leadership in an education setting. And I will see you next week.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio.